We're not lucky. Boom. I feel like we need that hey, that Lil Wayne uh that Lil Wayne pre pre track where you just kinda the lighter goes off for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, there I just did it three times, but I don't we, know if you guys heard it. I heard it a little bit. <laughs> we, now my Wiz Khalifa is uh, does that warm. a lot too. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa knows what's up. Um so I have a I have a grand theory, guys. All right. And my grand theory is that once the final two episodes of Dave uh, air, we get an album. He's going to drop his album. Yeah, oh, I, I hope so. I'm sure. I'm Which sure. I'm so excited about if that's if it's actually true. I think it just said, seems like something that he. It just seems like something that he would do. It I, just it feels like it would fall into place at this point. I don't know if he did an yeah, AMA or I, something, I, but I do remember. I think it had just been on Twitter. I think he said that that's not the name of the album, but he said that's not the name of the album, which means that there's an album. Yeah, didn't I saw he, that too. Actually, didn't I mean because he was going on that tour, yeah. which we all had tickets to go to, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then. He said that he was going to focus on the show instead, which obviously he made the right call. But I kind of that makes me think like, well, he probably had some, like he was probably going to be playing some new tunes on the show. Yeah, uh, the the tour, probably some of that stuff, which has ended up in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's probably got something. Something is percolating. I'm excited. Yeah, Oliver Tree was supposed to open up for him on that tour. Yeah, yeah. I was very pumped I was for that. So excited he, to see Oliver Tree and Lil Dicky. How do you guys feel about the same Oliver night. Tree these days? Man, he keeps me guessing so much, which I know is exactly <laughs> his goal. Yeah. But I, I can't tell like what he's doing, honestly. No way. Um, he, he's is, a living meme is what he is. He is. Mm-hmm. He's leaning so hard into the thing that it's doing that thing like if you're into jazz and you know about this where a, a person will hit a note in a solo and improv and they'll be like, oh, that's not really great. But they'll just keep hitting the same thing and keep repeating it. And yep. at a certain point, it becomes great. But then you're like, yeah. wait, no, that's too much. You're doing it too much. But you keep doing it, and it will come back around to being awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. He's hit it too much now. It's like his fans are getting annoyed. Like, I've gone on to the, the Oliver Tree subreddit. Everyone <laughs> there is like, I'm over this, man. I'm over <laughs> this. This whole shtick is just release the album, man. I just... I want the music. The meme is was funny, but it's overplayed now, and I want the music. And he's like, "That's the point." <laughs> and then you'll really yeah. want the music. I, he, I think there is a method to his madness. I mean, he definitely knows the business approach that he's taking to things. I think, honestly, I think when Little Dicky canceled the tour, I think that kind of messed him up a little bit because that was going to expose him to a lot of people that had Probably never heard so. of him before. You know, maybe and that's I, maybe I, that's the grand plan. What if he is in Dave this season? What if like that's oh man, oh, so many that amazing things in my brain just went off. Very very unpredictable, but very awesome. Uh, I love that show so much. Oh, if you are, it's, uh, it's so if good. you're a loyal member or listener of our podcast, then you got a treat at the end of episode six of Dave, and you heard a Saba song. Oh, yes. oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and at the little barbecue. That's right. Mm-hmm. Playing. Yeah. With the uh, the table, mm-hmm. which, that's right. The table. Uh, 
just a fan, it's a beautiful. fantastic throwback that I was not anticipating. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Was... Oh, oh, it's so good. It's like that show is crafted so well. You know, oh, it's yeah. not. It's not just about like outlandish comedy, and it's not just about observing the life of you know an, a rising star in hip hop, but it has like all these little things about it that are very unpredictable and things that you don't expect. And it's got these moments of like realism, you know, that most comedies don't have. It's really pretty amazing. And I gotta it is, say it's, I mean, it's so similar to the way I felt about Atlanta when that show started. I, I wasn't expecting I, it. I was literally just about to say, it's like if Atlanta got combined with Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. That's that show. Yeah. Mm. It's that show. I like that analogy. <laughs> it's excellent. Like it's blending the two worlds that I feel so very a part of that are very uh, at often often disparate and it's just putting them all on together and that's that's Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys hear the yes. leaf blower? I hear some that- funkiness <laughs> on your end. Yeah. Is Ca- is California falling off from the ocean now finally? It is not, but there are uh, like groundskeepers in my little mm. complex that I live in, and I'm very happy every time I hear them because that means they're still working, which is great. But the leaf blower, it, it becomes cumbersome when you hear it like every other day. Like I don't mind stepping on some leaves every now, and then, <laughs> you know. Like I don't think we need to blow them away every 48 hours. But again, I'm happy that they're employed and they're working because a lot of people aren't during this time. Or you know, pro tip from the I don't know fourth century you could just rake them all up and put them in a bag and then they stop being (laughs) (laughs) i mean if i had a leaf blower i would definitely use it i would i I use it all the time i'd use it on things besides leaves i mean i'd bring it in and i'd wake (laughs) julie up in the middle of the night with it i'd blow my like i try to like you know blow dry your hair or something (laughs) oh yeah or you could blow dry my dogs from afar that's right (laughs) while she's sleeping Uh, the leaf blower episode of SpongeBob is, I think, in the very first episode. <laughs> yes. It is a short because the first couple episodes yeah. had three segments, and it hooked it hooked me on the show. I thought that that was so funny. Whenever I was little, and I saw it, it. was because there was like no dialogue yeah. in that episode at all. <laughs> it was entirely just a short story, a visual short story. It was a nod to Chaplin. It was beautiful. Oh, I, I loved it. I'm so glad you just brought that up because I'd totally forgotten about it. <laughs> it's a great, great episode. This I'm surprised is like, that they're not raking, actually. I mean, <laughs> you're in California. I would think that they would be more uh, environmentally conscious because whatever they're using is burning some sort of fossil fuel at some point. Yeah, it probably takes gas, right? Yeah. Leaf blower. Maybe it's electric. It I could know. be electric. But even it that, you got to charge it. Yeah. It comes from some burning of something. You're going to emit somewhere. something. Something going to be emitted. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> what I learned in my community college uh, admissions class. <laughs> That's how they teach in community <laughs> college. That was such a blue dig on note for no. I have nothing against community colleges. Sorry. No, it was. It made my life in college easier. Exactly. I mean, I took an online public speaking class online <laughs> public speaking uh, that's grand mm. that's grand it it's just 
I think the closest thing I have to that, I took an online sociology class. You'd think you could do a lot with sociology if the people were around each other, but mine was. Can we just, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it, but I want to say the phrase, can we just talk about how now everything is online? Well, I was going to say, I was going to say that was distance learning before it was cool. (laughs) When you have too many music credits to physically be in the class, you got to take another class from somewhere else online. That was distance learning when it, they didn't actually care if you learned <laughs> because it didn't matter. But now, now it's the only thing, so of course it matters. <laughs> well, this is a basketball uh, wow. show, uh, but you know. Yes, let's talk about music. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, last episode we uh, did a. We call it a music challenge, but I kind of think of it in my head as an assignment. Assignment. Uh, like I, yeah, I, I signed like you two guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we do those in distance learning sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed you guys uh, the band Thursday, We're All the Time. Victor, you assigned to me and Eddie T Pain, Three Rings. And Eddie, you assigned me and Victor. Fantastic artist, yeah. Kimba, and his album Gilda. Yay. So, uh, what should we talk about first, guys? I have I have thoughts, and I'd like to relay my thoughts to you. We gotta talk about Thursday. <laughs> I, I okay. And I, as I made clear before this, before we started recording, I was not very a very good student this time, and did not thoroughly ingest these records the way that I ought to have. Um, but I want to know what you know about or at least a portion of what you know about this album, Jeremy, because it seems like there's a whole lot under the surface that I didn't get to and probably won't get to until I spend more time with it. But you seem to know a lot about all the things you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, uh, and I want to hear your thoughts uh, on it first, Victor, but let me just say, and I think that you guys will be on the level with this, if one of us ever assigns something, you know, a album or a movie or whatever, and it doesn't like speak to one of us, or maybe we just straight up just don't like it, I think we should be honest about it. You know, I do know that this this Thursday album is like definitely not on brand with the kinds of things we've assigned each other before. Uh, maybe a little out there for you guys that don't listen to that kind of music all the time. So I definitely want your honest thoughts and feelings on it you know don't don't just tell me you liked it just because i i like it you know what i mean so i'm just gonna get that out there you know i'm sure our listeners would appreciate it too if you guys didn't really like something i signed and i can take it i'm a big boy i am uh confident in my choices um before you you start victor i'll just i'll speak to what you just said jeremy and <laughs> which is yeah. that i have a problem outright saying that i don't like a piece of art because I, I'm not, it, I, as with basically every aspect of the way I live, I try to give the things that are opposing to me the benefit of the doubt, meaning I like to just, I assume the doubt on myself. So when I listen to this album and it did not speak to me the first time that I heard it, there are a whole host of reasons why I think that that happened. And I don't, I don't immediately put, the blame on the record or the band it is more about how i uh maneuvered myself while consuming it if that makes sense so 
Like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. If it didn't speak to me whenever I was listening to it, it's probably because I wasn't listening to it in the right place or I wasn't listening to it at the right time or in the right uh, manner, you know, in, in any, form, any, form of, any form of listening that I would do normally. Um, yeah, yeah. So well, it's, it's like I can't just say that I don't like something, you know, because I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you, feel you gotta that. live with something for a really long time before, or at least I do, before it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I really don't like that. I've not liked it for a long time now, and I've given it a thousand and a half chances, and now it's just time to get it to cut the ties, so to speak. That's like how yeah. he feels about Drake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a different pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you guys have assigned some very just fun albums for me to listen to. Like Eddie, when you assigned uh, Anderson Pac Malibu, like <laughs> that was well, that was an incredibly positive experience for me. And this Thursday album is there's not a lot that's like happy about it. It's very dense. It's very dark. A lot of it is very sad. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. What did you um, think, okay. Victor? Uh, so here we go. Here, here we go. Um, here's what I have to think about this. First of all, the album is called "War All the Time," and whenever Jimmy was explaining the type of group it was, and I kind of did my own side research, it's just like, okay, post-hardcore emo. I'm like, I've heard some stuff like this. I'm sure I can get down with it. I had too many different types of friend groups whenever I was in high school. So this is like, I'm surprised that I didn't hear this from a couple of friends. Um, anyway, mm. um, the number one thing that I love about this album is that I know that it is screaming a lot and it is also only 42 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they, <laughs> they so, definitely uh, compacted it. Concision. Which I appreciate. <laughs> Because my goodness, is it a lot to hear all the time? Um, if I, it's like, I don't know if you guys have watched its full season of BoJack Horseman, <laughs> but yes, you kind of you kind of got to be willing to be pretty darn sad um, <laughs> for a little bit uh, around your listening experience, unless you were already sad and you needed the catharsis of someone else being way more sad than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first thing I thought of when I listened was, this sounds a whole lot like My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're, they're compared to that band a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, I'm not going to lie to you, I listened to My Chemical Romance after that. Uh, but as far as this album, <laughs> War All the Time goes, there was a couple of tracks. Hold on. I'm sorry, I was not prepared. I need to pull this back. What's the like, the third track on there? Uh, third track is Division Street, I believe. Yes, Division Street was one that I that was the first time in the album that I was like, okay, I'm kind of grasping um, the beginnings of a nice theme here. Um, what were the particular lyrics? I should have had this all pulled up, and I don't. One second. It's all good. Uh, for the record. This band, like they're like ten years older than My Chemical Romance. I believe it. So I'm sure my Kim, my Kim probably cites them as an influence. I'm I'm like almost positive they do. Um, I never, you know, my Kim. I never got into them that much. I think it's because that kind of music, when they were really popular, I had become interested in 
a world of other things, you know, hip hop. And I started listening to more orchestral stuff yeah. later on um, and more jazz too. Um, but I do like them. And if you haven't watched their reunion concert uh, in LA, and I think it was back in October, like it's insane. And it's like their fans are so diehard for them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So it just, the, the, Music degree in me it kind of appreciates a little bit of text painting that happens in this particular song. Um, just because, you know, it opens up uh, with where's the lyric? Oh, yeah. Lights out on the Division Street. I'm repeating. Goodbye to my memories. And then there's just so much repetition after that. This is serious. This is serious. If this is serious. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I am now <laughs> in my room, 14 years old, black hair. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm here i found it i found i found this part of me <laughs> the angst yeah the angst is the angst set in right at division street i want to say asleep in the chapel is that the one that seems kind of um uh, asleep in the chapel is interlude very interlude no, i i think the interlude one that's just uh, Jeff with piano is uh, the song brought to you by a falling bomb. Um, okay. Asleep in, Asleep in the Chapel is the track right before that. I want to say it's track six. Okay. It's like right in that uh, that zone that you usually like with albums, Victor. Yeah. It's I don't know what it is. I think it just takes me a, t- a while to warm up to the... And actually, that's going to come back later with Kemba. It takes me a while to kind of warm mm-hmm. up to the people's sound. And then I usually am like, okay, I've understood the brand of this album and I'm on board. Um, what was yeah, um, they're the halo of guilt hanging around your neck next to the rosary. I was like, oof, (laughs) that's (laughs) what a what a pointed like someone like who hurt you? (laughs) It's pretty much where I'm at. Um, with and then you know, it, it ties into the title of the whole song, but. I think that there were there were just lines that would like hit and I and I think that that's pretty much what I have to take away from this album is I feel like most of the music that is like this there's always like the one or two lines that are just clearly very poignant depending on where you are in your life that can really hit and um I think that I don't have much of that going on in my life anymore but I was kind of happy that I was able to find that at least in my past or you know what I mean um yeah yeah. Or at least put myself in that zone. He, he, he's a wordsmith. I, I love the way that he uses words. To me, you know, you can read any lyrics from any Thursday song and you could take it as poetry. And he can't really say that for every single musical artist. Not that it's not poetry. You mean like the babies? Of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Poop to scoop. <laughs> Scoop diddy poops. <laughs> Whoop de poop de scoop. I mean technically that is that is brilliant. poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, I love the way that he uses words. Um let, let me ask you this, and Eddie, you can uh speak to this too, because you did listen to the album. Like a lot of people lump this band with like the whole emo screamo thing that was wildly popular for like four or five years from like two thousand three to two thousand seven or whatever um and there were a lot of bands that that got really popular because they did that style uh now i mentioned before like thursday they they've been around since like the mid to late 90s and they they've been doing it a lot since then so i think it from their level of expression it goes much much deeper 
But, you know, the, the screaming and the singing, you know, like they use, Jeff does that combo and also, you know, the guitarist does some screaming in it too. Yeah. What, what do you guys take from the screaming? Like, why do you think it's there? Do you think it's just stylistic? Do you think that it's to convey some sort of emotion? Uh, do you think it's to get our attention? I'm curious. Like, how did you take it, Eddie? Honestly, it was uh, way more subdued than I was expecting based on the way that you had. I mean, that was one of the very first things you said about the aesthetic of this album. Um, whenever you assigned it to us was that it was a kind of a screamo sort of thing. And that did not, I mean, I was kind of surprised when I was listening because it wasn't like, uh, I, I don't know how screaming can't be in my face, but it wasn't really in my face. Like it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was, it was there to be aggressive in any kind of way. Like it felt, mm -hmm. I guess, genuine and authentic. So, I don't know. That could be, that could be trying to elicit emotion. That could be um, trying to fit within a you know a kind of style brand that you see yourself in. I, I'm I'm not really sure, um, but I know that it, it did not strike me to be the stereotypical screamo experience that so many people in my generation were a part of. That I was not. I mean. I did not yeah. listen to anything like that at all in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Victor? I'm curious. I have two other artists to kind of help, I think, paint the picture that I'm thinking of in my head. Um, because for this album, the screaming felt a little bit more Brendan Urie than it felt Oliver Tree. Because okay. there is yelling in Oliver Tree songs. He is yelling choruses. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's meant yeah. to give it like some edge and some like aggression, but kind of in the same vein as this Thursday stuff. But that's clearly meant to be like a little bit more punkish, I would say, um, than mm -hmm. uh, than this album. And like, I don't know if you guys uh, have like gotten lost in YouTube rabbit holes with Brendan Urie, but he can do all of the things with his voice. And I watched him do a thing with some Screamo stuff that reminds me more of this. Um, than when I normally think of Screamo stuff because it's just so uh, skillful is the kind of word that I'm looking for. Like, he's yeah, like he's yeah. screaming in a way that is so pitch perfect. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, there's, there's engineering done or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, melodic-wise, like, the screaming makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Brendan Urie on a little Dicky album. Hello. <laughs> he sings on uh, the song That's Molly right. from his album, yeah. Professional Rapper. So there we go. Yeah, which is, we draw which is all pretty the great. Yeah, he's, podcast. He... If you want lines drawn, <laughs> you listen to the Thunder Moneyball podcast. Zero we degrees of separation. On lines on lines. <laughs> no degrees of separation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. I, I liked hearing your thoughts on it because a lot of people listen to that kind of music and it's just like, this is noise. This is loud and aggressive and it doesn't have any thought behind it. But... I mean, I always ask myself with a band, like, what is the screaming about? I mean, with some bands, fair enough. It's about the style. Like, that's just the style the band does, and screaming is a part of that style, so that's why they do it. But with Thursday, I think that it comes from a, a much deeper place. Like, sometimes the screaming is a cry for help. Sometimes it's out of guilt, I think. Sometimes it's out of confusion. Sometimes it's out of anger, of course. Um, 
So it's it's really interesting for me to kind of look at it and analyze it on that level. And a lot of, and a lot of people don't do that with this kind of music. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, and I I mean to be uh, uh, full disclosure, I was like like I said, I was like two three checks in, and I was like, okay, I don't know that I'm going to super enjoy the rest of this album. <laughs> Um, but then I just kind of got past that first part of it there. And like, I, I got to, uh, division street and I was like, okay, that's kind of, I like that one. <laughs> um, and then I, and then I just, and then I just <laughs> yeah. kept on listening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's definitely their most commercial album too. Um, is it their first record label it, one? Yes. Uh, first it, major, it? major label release is what is i'm reading is that one on island yes okay gotcha they did def jam um they they do la shows quite a bit but they did a show uh a set of shows at this really really cool venue called the echo in echo park and i couldn't afford to go to both shows um one night one they were playing their their first pretty successful album called uh um full collapse and the second night they were playing were all the time, all the way through. And I really struggled with it. I was like, gosh, <laughs> I can only afford one. Which one do I want to go to? And I ended up going to uh, the night they played Full Collapse, which is, it, it's not officially their first album, but I think it's the first album that kind of got them some fame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. I, I'm in a really interesting age group. Like I'm a little older than you guys. And all these bands that I loved in college that released all these albums that just kind of hit because there was a scene, you know, and the scene had thousands and thousands and probably millions of college kids that got into these bands. Um, all these bands that did all these albums back then, all of them are doing like 15 year anniversary tours, yeah. 20 year anniversary tours. And they're playing the albums all the way through, which for me, it's like, yeah, I'm so into that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I want to go. Um, it's, it's clearly a marketing tool. I mean, they're just trying to make money just like anyone else. But still, um, and a lot of, and a lot of people think like, oh, it's, it's your old stuff though. You know, like exactly, but <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with it. You know, if, and they, and they play new stuff too. If Chance which, did which an is, acid uh, rap tour, I would definitely go see that show. Oh man. See, I think that's, that kind of stuff is probably going to happen with those kinds of artists too. Chance and Childish Gambino and whoever else i think in like 10 years they're going to do some anniversary tours of some of these albums which uh it's going to be pretty fantastic to when be, it happens i can't wait to be you know that amount of middle-aged and down on my life <laughs> and then to be like childish gambino's back and doing a tour oh my goodness <laughs> i'm glad i that's a really kicked my kids really out interesting <laughs> that's a really interesting topic to bring up because um you know, that's often a complaint uh, younger people have about, like, the, the music and the, you know, the art that older people experienced when they, when they were younger. You know, I, you hear, you know, there's the joke about how, um, like, you know, Kanye, Kanye West did that song with, um, with Paul McCartney. And yeah. And mm -hmm. well, who was that? Rihanna. There was a Rihanna. A, a, Rihanna yeah. And, you know, all of the people that know who Kanye is was like, oh, we're going to, I'm I'm glad that he gave that Paul McCartney guy a chance to shine. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like just, yeah. clearly 
part of it was joking, but there's probably also some truth to it. You know, they may have heard the name, but they probably don't really know anything about the music or maybe, you know, just don't care much about it. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because while I was listening to one of our other assignments, um, this week, I was reading about how T-Pain, what like the, the reviews on the album that you assigned were bad because they were talking about how the, they, the reviewers constantly felt like T-Pain was using auto-tune as a crutch and that the sound was uh, several years old already last year, <laughs> meaning the year before that the album was released. <laughs> but like you look at T-Pain now where it's been 12 years since that album came out and like that is his brand. Yeah. That is like he is iconic because of it. And it's because he's stuck with the thing. And I think that that's, there's a distinction because, because there, are mul- there are kinds of artists that do stick to their brand and what they sound like. And then there are other artists that are basically, or I don't want to say that they feel repulsed by the stuff that they release, but once they release something, it's like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to do something different. And Childish Gambino is one that comes to my mind. Every single thing that he has released is very, very different from every other thing that he has released. Yeah. Everything yeah. It's, he's constantly searching for a new kind of sound. So I, it's interesting yeah, to think about to what it's going to be yeah. like. Yeah. Tyler. No, absolutely. I mean, his growth has been, I think it took, I think in terms of like his first three albums are kind of similar his evolution. Yeah. His first three albums are kind of similar, but then as soon as sure. cherry bomb hit, that was already clearly about to be something different. Um, and then Flower Boy was just mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> and, and, and now we're just like, whatever you come out with, we'll eat. <laughs> just feed us. <laughs> I, I just think it'll be fun to see, like, the idea of reunion or of like reunion tours or anniversary tours from certain artists. It's hard for me to imagine. Um, like, I. I can't. It's. It would be very difficult for me to imagine Chance the Rapper doing an acid rap tour, right? But that's because he's so far away from away that. from yeah. where he was when he did that. That it seems like, why would he want to go back? I, I definitely don't think I. I could see Donald Glover doing a uh, an anniversary tour of like camp. Yeah, <laughs> like I just I don't see that that's a possibility. But at the same time, you know, who's to say if that you know in the 1960s that. 40 years from now, we'd be talking about a 50 year anniversary tour from the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Playing the same music they've been playing for four decades. So (laughs) I don't know. Did you, did you mention that this band was doing, they did a, they, they played the whole first album, I think you said. And that was the show that you had to choose to go to. Yeah. 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 I was trying to decide it, you know, usually what the bands do, because I've gone to several several ones usually they they play the album front to back i mean in order and then usually they take a little break um and for their quote-unquote encore i mean it's not really an encore anymore because everyone knows what they're going to do i think they walk off they walk off stage because they're tired and they need a little break um but then they then they come back and they play like you know four or five of their uh biggest hits that weren't on that album you know hmm yeah, I went to the full collapse night, and then and then uh, I didn't go to the war all the time night. Uh, didn't the go next to the, night. Yeah, yeah, but it's a uh, 
I'm I'm totally fine with it. I mean, like I said, some bands get criticized for it. Like you know, you're just making money off stuff you've already done. But I, I'm totally fine. I'm an actor, man. Give me the residuals. You know what I mean, <laughs> I got, yeah, no. I got to be honest with you guys before we stop talking about this album. Every time I see it on paper, war all the time. I think Eddie Murphy party all the time. <laughs> 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 I think it instead of <laughs> war all the time, war all the time, war all the time. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I think. Cool. This, um, while maybe this isn't what you had intended, um, this in the combination of the great algorithm um, suggested me a video at some point of some some guy reacting to hearing Rage Against the Machine for the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I watched it, and I've heard the song before, and but his reaction, like made me want to go experience it because I've never sat down and listened to a full album of Rage Against the Machine and oh, like I, I, I had never listened to a full album of System of Down and the same thing with this that, that whole other half of the world or I don't even want to even want to say half that other section of the world where the music sounds in in that sort of color um, is not something I've ever experienced but listening to this and then being suggested that has kind of made me want to go see if I can find the angsty teenager that I'm not sure ever existed in my life. I, I was an angsty twenties, not teenager. So, <laughs> well, I mean, there's still a little bit of angst in me in my mid thirties. I don't know oh, about you guys. It's getting but... worse. <laughs> and no. I can definitely relate to that music. No, I miss the, f I missed when it was cool. Now it's just sad. If you, what, what's <laughs> happening is you just got to hold on to your angst until you become a curmudgeon. <laughs> it's like a diamond with all the pressure of the years. Exactly. Your angst will turn into a, a beautiful old person. Exactly. <laughs> that yells at children on from their lawn and like. They're like, how come you're not doing Someday. therapy? Ah, yeah. <laughs> or you just make sounds like that. Someday you'll unironically say, back in my day, and you won't even think twice about it. <laughs> I say it aggressively to students uh. when they don't know things. Like, I had a sixth grader that didn't know who the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were, and I was like, come on now. Oh, no. Fix your life. No. <laughs> you got to you gotta know the turtles, man. You got to. <laughs> Oh, here's here's a question for you. What's worse, though, not knowing who the Ninja Turtles are, or not knowing that they're named after other real life people? Uh, you know, I can I can give them existed. the benefit of the doubt about not knowing the Renaissance um, artists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I can I can do that too. <laughs> but right. well, we talked. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that enough, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to it. Um, you know who I. This will be the last thing I say about it. I bet you uh, Tony Romano likes Thursday. I was going to ask. He does. Him. I want you to ask. I was going to ask him when we do our staff meeting tomorrow or Friday. Yeah, I'd like to hear his thoughts. Actually, actually he, he kind of seems like I'm just going to text him. He floats that direction. I'm just gonna text him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just text him right now. Tell him to call him. We'll put him on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we should talk about Three Rings next. I want to leave uh, Kemba for last, if that's cool. Yeah, let's do it. Fine with me. Cool. Uh, um, first of all, Victor, I'm so happy that you suggested that we listen to this one last because that definitely paid off. <laughs> <big> time, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was just it was just 
fun. I mean, it was just straight up fun. Like, you know, it, with hip hop albums, you know, a lot of them do skits. I know it's like it has some historical context and everything. There's some albums that I think the skits don't really hit. You know, I, I could just do without them. Um, you know, like Kanye, Late Registration. I love those skits. Yeah. But uh, all, all the skits on this album I thought were great. I, I loved all of them. They were so fun. It's so... Um, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's just so funny that you mentioned... You just now said that because I listened to Late Registration today and I was sitting there oh, thinking, really? I wonder if I could make a playlist and cut out all the skits and just listen to the songs. <laughs> and it's not that I don't yeah. like them. It's just like... Okay, this album is just a it's just a hair too long. I very rarely ever get to the end and that means that it's too long. So if I can cut out the stuff that isn't essential, then maybe I can listen and hear the whole thing more often. So, I just think it's funny that you you mentioned that. Um, yeah, like update. Yeah. Four Tony, hours Tony Romano has heard of them. He goes, "Yes, I don't know much of their stuff though. 2000s emo band." Haha. <laughs> So, ah, which means okay. he heard me. Well, he saw go. me ask him about that band. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Victor must really be bored. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure this is intentional, but parts of this album are just straight up hilarious. <laughs> I think exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Chopped, chopped, and screwed. Yeah, yep. featuring Ludacris. Right. That song. Besides how hilarious w- it is, <laughs> tell me every single scratch and cut doesn't hit perfectly for you. Yeah, it's it's very very well mastered. Yeah, uh, it, that was really cool. Screw, he, screw, I, I did not know but he he did all of the production on this album yeah, himself. Exactly everything. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Was not I did not expect that when I looked it up. I was like, wait, he did all this? It's the dude. That's amazing. That's the dude. I love T Pain, man. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do too. I mean, I, I've I have grown to appreciate him without uh, absorbing him uh, over the last several years because, as as we've talked about, his the sound that he uh, leaned into that made him not so popular is now the sound that is like exactly where my brain wants to exist all the time. So, but I listened to this and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm listening to this now when I didn't listen to this in 2008 because I wouldn't have. Absolutely hated it in 2008, but in 2020, yeah. this is my jam. <laughs> like, yeah, this is it, exactly what I needed today to listen to for sure. It definitely has like a friendly radio sound to it, you know. And I think that was totally the intention. Yeah, if you listen to, but, karaoke, I mean, a lot yeah, of he's exactly. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these songs, like I think, could have been hit, you know, in a, in a different world if they had been marketed differently or maybe if one of the songs had made it into a movie or whatever. Um, I think that, you know, he, he's done so much producing and he knows so many artists, like, he really featured all his guest artists pretty well, yep. I thought, which yep. isn't always true. And speaking of that, I thought Kanye killed his verse on Yeah, therapy. that was a really, really, like, yeah, that was a gem of a Kanye verse that I'd never heard before. Right, I was yeah. very glad to have heard. Yay! I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was great. I was like, I was oh, like, oh hot. man, old Kanye, like <laughs> he is going. This is great <laughs> because okay, because honestly, I signed that to you guys, and then I went and listened to it uh, the other night. I guess it was last night. Um, was it you, Eddie, that said that you were listening to it? Uh, I listened to it today. Oh, I listened to it on four twenty. Yeah, that's right. That was when you did that, Jeremy. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna listen to it now. And then I was like, all right. Well, (laughs) I know that (laughs) 
this is like not the most dense album. I was like, listen to it. And I was like, oh, right. I just like the way this sounds and it puts me in a good mood. There's like nothing to this oh, album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fun. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it surface level, but it's just very easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not very challenging to listen to, whereas like I think the Thursday album was very challenging to listen to. Um, it was just fun. That's why I'm so glad you said listen to this one last. Yeah, that that definitely paid off. It was just like a a nice little release. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I, uh, I I'm gonna li- I'm gonna listen to more T Pain albums now. <laughs> you should. I'm yeah. like this is this is gonna be. I'm gonna enjoy this. It's gonna be great to just. This is gonna be the great kind of thing to put on when I have to be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, Thursday is not that thing. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm pretty sure all. I cleaned my room to this. That's what right it was. I, this was one of the albums I listened to when I was cleaning my room. And then Ringlinger Man came on and it hit. And I was like, ooh, just the intro of it like means something. That Ringlinger Man, I had a mixtape that I made for my green Jeep. And the first track was the Amelia remix with Lil Wayne. And then the second track was this Ringlinger Man. And just the beginning of that, I was like, oh, I was all the way back in my car. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> yep, uh, this is great. I'm glad that I decided this. It's always a good idea. So, <laughs> you, you know what this reminded me of? Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever gotten into him. I'm not, I don't know that I've ever gotten really into him, but I, I was introduced to him a few years back. But Devin the Dude, yeah, which is obviously like they're, they're it's very different, but it is the same sort of easygoing, easy listening with lots of shtick, like where the, the music is meant to be comical, mm-hmm. but also like good, you know? Um, I, I mean, really a lot like what uh, Little Dicky does. Yeah. He's kind of reached the zenith of that, I think. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what he wanted. You got what you wanted, Dave. <laughs> um, Zero but yeah, this re- this reminded me of of Devin the dude wanting to go back to uh to that sort of that sort of vibe. Yeah. Oh man. Did I I'm tell just... you guys? Um, so every now and then I do. Well, I used to before things got shut down. But every now and then I used to do uh, studio audience work, where I would just. Basically, you go and you just sit in the studio audience and you pay, they pay you. You know, they're just trying to get people to fill the seats. Um, it's really easy and it's fun, you know, so I, I do it occasionally and they always like pay in cash and it's like, great. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But I went to a couple Fox pilots. One of them was a singing show they were developing with T Pain as the host. Oh, yeah. You yeah, mentioned I remember this. you yeah. saying this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do not think it got picked up. The other one I went to it was uh, Can I See Your Voice, hosted by Ken Jong, And I do think that one got picked up. It, it might be airing now, actually. But it was a really interesting show. It was basically the idea was, let's get people that aren't trying to be famous singers. You know, let's just get people that like to sing. And um, they had this thing, uh, this huge, like, electronic board behind that would track like how their rhythm was on the song. Oh, nice. You know, how their uh, how their diction was, how their pitch was. That's cool. And it was like so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pr- pretty interesting to 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 watch and and listen to and everything. But he was the host, so you know, I got to like kind of watch him work for three or four hours one day. It was cool. He was like very very down to earth. He's a weird and, dude. Uh, <laughs> 
He's very weird and awesome. And maybe, maybe, maybe his weirdness didn't really come out that much there, you know? Because I'm sure he was just like, man, I hope this show gets picked up. I want to make more money. Exactly. You should, um, you should, you should go down the rabbit hole of some YouTube videos with T Pain. Or have you watched his Tiny Desk concert? Oh no, he does a Tiny Desk. Oh, I don't with, have to watch that with zero auto tune. He just sings, and it's beautiful. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that today, actually. <laughs> Yeah. So, his yeah, hot, good pick. His hot ones is my favorite thing he's ever. Seen. <laughs> That's right. <It's> so <laughs> Man, there are, there are so many hot ones episodes. It's really pretty crazy. Like I, every now and then I pull up and I'm like, I'm gonna watch an episode of Hot Ones and I'll see like ten that I didn't even know existed. There's so many. Yes. Shout out to Sean Evans. So, yeah. Quick sidebar. He's great. I really, I really appreciate that he is like, he started this thing and he's been so so steady and like the same version of him and doing the same thing, but he has slowly evolved to the point where I think that he, now he, he has, he is actually able to wield his power exactly over his guests yeah. where he makes them become the, the, the ones that are in a weird or awkward position. Like I watched the one with Will Ferrell that was supposed to be with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. No, no. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't there because she was sick. Yeah. He talks about growlings in that one. Yes, he does. It it was extremely uncomfortable because... <laughs> he was like Will having a hard time. Was like, <laughs> well, and also because I think that the way that that should... Like, they, it's gotten so popular that more... Like, the high, higher tiers of famous people are wanting to be on the show. But the way that he edits it and the, and the way that, that they put it together... Uh, you get to see a little bit of the stuff that I I get the sense probably would not have uh, been released if the guests people were involved in the production. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they mm-hmm. keep in the things that, that really kind of humanize the guest that if you have been in, in, involved in making and building your brand for decades, that you would not want necessarily out there because it's not necessarily a part of your brand. And that to me is why I have so much respect for him is because yeah. he's been the same, but it's just been so good and so steady that he's gotten to this point where now he like, he can do that. Well, and they're probably not going to be upset with it. Cause you know what? Will Ferrell, like probably eight to 10 million people just watched your video. Well, that's the thing. And then probably went and watched something else you've done. I'd like to add to that. I'm pretty sure that, for that, that's got to be whichever movie company is like, hey, we're doing pressers. You got to go do hot ones. And he's yep. like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hot, hot ones. It's the, it's, it's the YouTube show. And what? What do I do? You got to eat the <laughs> wings. And then you talk to Sean Evans. He's a great guy. Great interviewer. You just got to eat, eat the wings. Are they hot? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so many of those conversations watch are this happening. One. Yeah, exactly. Those conversations are happening. <laughs> And they're probably like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And they're like, you got to. <laughs> just just go watch Paul yeah. Rudd. Just go watch Paul Rudd. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Go watch Paul do it. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, to, to what you were speaking to, Eddie, he's just a really good interviewer. He's so good, in fact, that often his guests will be like, man, you're a good interviewer. Are, like, like Shia LaBeouf. There are LaBeouf two whole that. videos of clips of every guest saying that to him. Oh, that's really? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. But I, he, I love interviewers interviewing other interviewers. Exactly. It's like one of my favorite yeah. things. Like <laughs> Mark Marin and Terry Gross have each done each other's show. Yep. And it's fantastic. I want to see 
Terry Gross on Hot Ones. <laughs> I want to see Mark oh, on yeah. Hot Ones. Or like, or Mark or Mark Ira Glass. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be tremendously uh, just right up my alley. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He gets he gets his guests for the most part talking about things they want to talk about, which is pretty amazing because these are guys that do interviews so much and they get asked the same set of questions just in different ways, like a million times. And I feel like he always asks questions that kind of like get them interested. Like, Oh wow. I never, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I can talk about that. You know, like things they don't normally talk about. He like his, the research team, I, I'm sure he does a lot of it, but I'm sure there's a whole team they work really hard to make it quality. So, uh, Sorry, one more it's note great. before we move on because you really made me think of something. I think that we're reaching a part in media where we're about to lose the phrase stuff that's not talked about. And I think I'm a fan of that because... Yeah. Because like he's got spinoffs of that show, like Truth or Dab, which like he's got yep. like people that are probably generally a little bit more open or on that show. Um, so he can ask them questions that would be like, that's, those are some tough questions to be answering for literally millions of people. And it's going to be on the internet forever. <laughs> and, and yeah, and like, yeah. like Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer went on there and they were like, let's, uh, <laughs> let's answer the questions and still eat the weeks. That's what they did. <laughs> so he would ask the truth and they would answer it and then just still eat the weeks because they're ridiculous. <laughs> um, but besides truth or dab like cut that youtube channel cut has like all of their channels like the truth or drink games or the fear pong and stuff like that and then there's jubilee with all these things just asking like questions that you you like have these conversations with people but like you don't really talk about having these conversations with people and i think it's interesting the way that media is going yeah it's a it's amazing what happens whenever you are out from underneath the uh, giant wet blanket of the FCC, <laughs> exactly, and all the other government agencies that try to moderate content. Yeah, which good point. did never used to be called content. Now it's content. But <laughs> exactly, that's a different discussion. Uh, yeah, I like T Pain a lot. I'm gonna listen to more of his music. <laughs> Does he all have right. four rings? <laughs> no. I'll tell you what. Three <laughs> Rings is my last uh, chronologically. It's my last one. I could listen to the whole album and be satisfied. There are tracks on his newest. Well, stuff. he came, he came out with the instrumentals next, which usually yeah, that's usually once you start coming out with a compilation album, that's the point where you're like, okay, well, I'm out of material. I've got nothing real new to do here, so now I'm gonna start doing the old stuff again. This is my we're, we're starting the cycle over. Yeah, here's my third album. Talking about my F650. He has an F650. <laughs> it's orange and has black racing stripes. What? Do they even make those? <laughs> they made one for him. I'm sure they make like 15. He's, of like, them. he's like, hey, I want like not quite, not quite twice <laughs> or not quite three times the amount, but just a, just like two thirds the amount of an F350. <laughs> just, just like get me right up there close to it. Yeah. All right. It's time to talk um, about Kemba. Okay, um, so whew, Eddie, first, uh, full disclosure, everyone listening, Eddie had came to me with this album uh, several months ago um, and was like, hey, yeah, listen to this sound. And I think I listened to a couple tracks and I was just like, mm, I'm not really feeling this. And then I didn't really listen to it again. 
And then we got this challenge and I listened. And then the same thing that happened with the Thursday album, I got to, what's it called? Dysfunction? Was it? Was mm-hmm. Yeah. Dysfunction. That track. Dysfunction. That track was the one. Anyway, it was like raining. I was having a bad day. I was in traffic in the quarantine. I was angry. <laughs> I was doing tasks <laughs> that I didn't want to do. And I was like, man, this is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear right now. And it was perfect. It was, it's, uh, we, we briefly talked, well, Eddie talked briefly the last episode about the lines that can be drawn between this and care for me. And I totally see those. Um, it's just a good, good story. And I think that there's a new brand of hip hop that's happening. That is a re- revisitation to storytelling. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, What's that one artist that you recommended to me? Um, uh, y, YBN Corday yeah. is that the guy? Yeah, YBN Corday. Yeah, that's a great with album. It, with that album, very very similar in well, not similar like you know you know what I'm trying. Yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Here. Oh, in the same vein as far as like the particular yes. type of uh, I, I'm using the production as a vehicle to tell a story, if that makes sense. Like the production fits a particular genre, so that's what we're in, and I can rap. So I'm gonna, but I got uh, I got something cool to tell you guys about, <laughs> and that's that's what I get from this album, and uh, it's I'm very excited to see what's next. I'll say that. Yeah, me too. This yeah. is, I mean, this is his, his only album. Yeah, his only like a- actual official album. For the record, th- this is the only one of the assignments that we've done so far that doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. So. There you go. Oh, wow. Very, very, very fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I got a glimpse of an, a true artist on the rise when I listened to this. Honestly, I did. You know, this album challenge thing has been so fun for me. I, I've loved every minute of it. You know, and I've had some, like, really positive experiences. I think my favorite one has been Malibu by Anderson Pock, which I mentioned earlier. Like, that one, I really, really had an affecting experience when I listened to that, that album all the way through, but I might put this one number two, actually, like I just felt this all the way through, like right from the opening lyric, I'm <laughs> yeah. not a finished product. Yeah. yeah. You know, only judge me when I'm done. Yeah. I, I heard that and I was like, Oh my, that there is so much wisdom in that. And like, I'm, I'm goofy. So I have like these little cards that I write like little daily positive thoughts to to just remember you know as i go some, throughout the some day words of affirmation. sometimes i keep them yeah effort words of affirmation some that i've got from acting coaches some that i yeah, have heard in music or in movies or whatever like i'm i'm gonna add that one i mean I, that is so beautiful i'm not a finished product only judge me when i'm done i mean that's that just makes me feel warm inside you know having that mentality you know thinking that way um the first few tracks I was like, okay, you know, this is very, very, very nice. Like, we're just going to, like, be chill. Like, this this guy is just real chill, you know? Like, he, he's just got some stuff to say. He wants to get it out. He wants to express himself on a certain level, and he's just going to kind of do this. And I found a lot of it really mellow. But then, when Nobody I Can Trust hit, I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to go hard now. And uh, Oh, wait, you're not just going to go hard. You're going to go, like, really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, whoa, you know? 
the same thing happened when I when I listened to that Saba album when it when it got to uh, life. Oh, the track. Yeah, when they when they got to life, I was like, oh wait, this is a hip hop album. I forgot about that yeah. for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just I it's it's just so great. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I got to interrupt. The way, I have to say that that is yeah, the yeah. mark of some good art. To know oh, yeah. that you're supposed to be in a genre, but then not feel the genre till much later because you're so taken by the actual content. Yeah, yeah. There, when, 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 what you are saying is more powerful than how you were saying it. Yeah, is that's that's where it's like yes, that's the sweet spot, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. The way that he. I made some notes. I'm going over my notes right now on this album because I liked it so much. The way that he is on the backside of the beat a lot of the time is is just so lovely, you know? And I think about, like, jazz drum set players, like, the guys that are able to find that groove, like, way, way, way back on the backside of the beat where it almost kind of sounds like they're slowing down every now and then, but they're not. They're just, like, in that pocket, way, way, way on the backside of the beat. I feel like he does that like with his rhyming and the way that he sings too. And it's just, it's really nice. It just gives, it just gives a sense of like groove and feel that like a lot of artists aren't able to get, I think. So I thought that was really, really lovely. Also, um, album made me just I, wanted to, made me want to make a cool album for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he loves, this album cover too is so beautiful. Like he, he loves his mom so yep. much. And it's, it's really, really lovely, you know? I mean, that just shows how much hip-hop has evolved because, I mean, you know, like Tupac had Dear Mama and lots of rappers give shout-outs to their, their, their mothers and their music. But, I mean, if you would think about an artist doing, like, basically a whole album dedicated to their mom in, like, 96, you know? Like, <laughs> that, that would have been unheard of, uh, you know? It, it's pretty cool, like, to think of it that way, to think about yeah. some, things, some things evolve. I, I think, think there um, was... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm excited about it. I got a lot of stuff to say. Um, I think that there's like a simplicity to a lot of tracks on this album that, that's just really nice. Like, I, It's very, very common with the way that it's hip-hop has evolved these days and with all the things you can do with production. I mean, the world is at your fingertips for what you can do these days. But I just found some of the tracks to just be just simple. Like simple beat, simple structure... Um, there weren't any like flips or turns, you know, I mean, we, we all love Childish Gambino and Tyler, like, and, and, uh, Chance, they're, they're so good at doing these like turns in the song where you feel like, you know, where the song's going, but then they, they flip it and it goes into a different world for a little bit, or maybe for the rest of the track or whatever. But, and it's not like Gilda doesn't have that, but there are certain tracks that it's just like straight, like nobody I can trust. Like that's just a straight up hip hop song. Like here's the beat. I'm gonna rap. Here's now. the chorus. Here's the verse. Here's the chorus. Here's the verse again. You know, it's just like feel it like you used to feel hip hop. You know, I, 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 I really connected with that. Like, like listening to that. It, it remind me is that is that the because I, I can't for whatever reason the internet like does not know about this album. There's nothing. Uh, there's like there's articles a, <laughs> and interviews, yeah. but like I want a track list in front of me. Is that the one that has the sample from? Um, from oh, uh, look at DNA. You. Uh, oh, 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 no, no, no. Um, I'm thinking of. Or no, 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 no. It's not from DNA. It's from uh, Kanye. It's one of the samples in Runaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they sound very similar the way that the way that those two samples were yeah, used in those songs. But this song it's, has it's like a direct copy of that sample. Yeah. Which I think it's, probably means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not that song. It's not nobody okay. I can trust. It's, it's uh, earlier. I, I know it's exactly early. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um I want to see. Okay, so we were talking about through lines earlier. This album mentions a former Thunder player. Yeah. Yes. Can you guys? Yes. Oh, good. You guys got it. I was one of the first. That's like <laughs> literally the first thing I, I told Victor whenever I mentioned yeah. this 10 months ago. Yeah. It's like this has a Thunder reference. Or at least I think it's a Thunder reference. I think so. I, it's you're kind t- of hard to say. You're talking Is about it, the it, Sebastian Telfair thing? Wait, what? That's in there yeah, too. Yeah, it mentions Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. I did not know. I know. I'm talking about... Um, Later on, he says uh, it's part of the chorus of one of the final tracks. Sweep, sweep of the boards like I'm with the thunder. Yeah, is what he says. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. so now, yeah. now we both just realize that now there's two references. <laughs> how does someone who is from the Bronx? Uh, how is he a Thunder fan? I mean, I I love it, but I mean because <laughs> of Russell seems... Westbrook and because of Kevin Durant on a much smaller level. I think. I mean, sure. Uh, I, <laughs> I I think honestly. I gotta find this Sebastian Telfer reference. What song was it in? Uh, let me see. It was either like track eight. It's Peter or Pan. Nine. It's on Peter it was... Pan. Oh yeah, it's Peter Pan. Yeah, that track. Yeah. Either you was eight, Lance eight, Sebastian Telfer, or you brought me back, or something like that. Yeah, because he was saying like Lance yeah. uh, Stevenson or something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lance Stevenson. Wow, yeah. I can't believe I've I missed that all this time. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. The I think the last track is the the track that he does this alive. But and we were just talking about uh man, what was the name of that Saba song again? I forget. Uh Life. Life, mm-hmm. yeah. I wish I could remember that. Um I just love string bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With like with like a with like a heavy modern hip hop laid on top of it. Like it's just so beautiful. And he Wrong he does Carter. that on the bass yeah <laughs> Ron Carter on the bass exactly yeah that's I mean a tribe called quest started that mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why uh that's why that stuff happens um I've listened to this album three times already <laughs> like I, I love this album it's I'm it's really, really glad you guys like really, it really really good yeah I think exhale is probably my favorite track I haven't okay, even talked good. about that okay like, I'm glad that you like exhale because the beautiful the group featured on there with the sweet vocals Smino is another oh yeah are you ready for some more through lines another chicago group they are like besties with uh saba yep <laughs> oh cool man i think smino has yeah. been on uh one of i think he was on coloring book as well uh um, yeah briefly yeah. i think yeah i don't know if they I got think the there's credit, a feature on there but definitely he's on there i'm really glad you guys like this album um yeah it, I yeah, I really connected with it. Also, I mean, I, apparently, Smino released a mixtape so last night. <laughs> really? Uh huh. Called. Oh yeah. She already decided. A whole like a like how many tracks? Sixteen with a remix with T Pain. Where is our award for this podcast? I did not plan <laughs> this at all. Through like we need to call. I was thinking the name of this episode should be Concision, but it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> wait who who released the mixtape smino yeah okay yeah. i thought you said kim and i was like wait i don't see that there no i mean 
yeah how, how we i mean we're not uh, i just read you know. in this article <laughs> at the end of 2019 smino formed a new group with no name and saba called ghetto sage and if you think i'm not going to listen to that immediately tonight <laughs> you are wrong <laughs> oh wow god all those that chicago crew is like yeah they all they have a sound that is so so good and i feel like it, i think i think i just think so much of it comes from just like what i mean it's it's almost obvious if you know if you know anything about art but when you are presented with struggle forever the way that you can cope with that one of them is to create art from it and so if you are you know if you grew up in chicago and you are surrounded by the environment of chicago especially if you're a person of color like it's almost like i, I don't want to say it well it's just great it's <laughs> it's 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 an excellent expression and a release of what i imagine is a tremendous amount of of pain and angst that is constantly surrounding you i mean there's just this timeline yeah. particularly of chicago rappers like all the way back to common like common and kanye and chance like those guys really blew the door open for a whole group of people that i think are now about to take the stage you know yeah because the genre had been so coastal um for so long yes yeah mm -hmm. and the midwest is just like you know it's it's pretty bad here too <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a couple st louis rappers i mean lil wayne being the most notable he's a new orleans um, rapper oh that's right yeah, yeah. I don't he's know from the seven four in new yeah. orleans <laughs> yeah i can hear it into the tracks oh nelly yeah, i'm not sure we can yeah nelly <laughs> yeah I, I listen to nelly's albums every now and then and i'm like man i used to really love this <laughs> and i still kind of like it but I don't know. It makes me feel he bad for getting uh, some taste <laughs> in my hip hop <laughs> because now I he does have some jams. Yeah, he's got oh he's got jams. bops forever. But man, yeah. do I kind of miss being ride with me? It. Like I can listen to Ride with Me every day and not not get sick of it. I love that song. Just the that's why I I like if if taken as the whole of everything that they've produced, Eminem is like almost garbage to me. <laughs> exactly, but. Yeah. His first two albums are so good that I still would put him in my top list of people. Yeah, I still. But, I mean, you know, yeah. I'll tell you what. He's gotten some <laughs> seriously good reviews on uh, "Words to Be Murdered By." Um, yeah, and it did well this year. I, I haven't I, listened to I, it, but it did well this year. Yeah, he. Well, he I really let, like. He let recovery. me down so much on um, the one from before that. Yes, I just was like, you didn't like recovery. No, I think no, no, that no. one came out in like no, after, what was it? Kamikaze? Yeah, Kamikaze. Kamikaze, the one that came out like two years ago. The one that, that Justin Vernon came out and was like, I did not give him permission to use my sample in that song. <laughs> yeah. Where he says oh, wow. the F word and not the uh, the one F word you're thinking of, the other F word. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The slur. Mm -hmm. Um like he would that really upset Justin because obviously justin's a good person yeah exactly <laughs> or at least yeah a front-facing good person you know i don't know who he is on the inside but does any of us really know anyone on the inside i don't think, I don't so. think you want to that's yeah. not fair that's for me to have no <laughs> it's it's just there's no <laughs> the skin is opaque it's like it's really dark in there so um so yeah he really let me down on that album and i was like i don't think i'm gonna 
I don't, I don't, I think I'm done. I think I've, the ship of my enjoyment of Eminem has sailed. Well, I've got good news for Although, you. Although, because that's ahead. happened, and I used to strictly not listen to Machine Gun Kelly because of his beef with Eminem, but now I kind of like some Machine Gun Kelly. And I actually just like the guy, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, because he and Pete Davidson are like best friends. And now I've watched videos of them just being <laughs> friends. And now I really like Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly and uh, Travis Barker are really tight too. They're always doing stuff together. Yeah. Um, did you guys know? That, so, I didn't realize this until I, I read this article. Um, but I remember one of the first things you said to me about this album was the sound of his voice. Yeah. And yeah, how that was you it was you were not really into it at first, and I didn't realize. But yeah, he had a tumor in his he, jaw. He yeah he had he went through a at least in the grand scheme, a very similar experience as to what Kanye went through. Mm -hmm. We're like, you probably are going to like not be able to do what you do anymore. And just like Kanye, he's like, well, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do it anyway. And so like he, you can even hear that. Like his, you know, it's, he has that sound of like his mouth is full of something. Whenever he's rapping. Yeah. This is strain in the back of his jaw Mm -hmm. where it's, he is not able to, he doesn't have the full flexibility range of his jaw. It's very clear. I think it's one of the, mm. one of the things I like the most, actually. It grew on me. It sets him apart. Yeah, it grew on me. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's not, everything is that's jarring like that. Like, I know a lot of people that are really into hip-hop that cannot stand Chance the Rapper's voice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I, I guess I understand it. I didn't, I did not have that experience the, when I first heard Chance, but... I can appreciate that someone else might if they've gone through a lot of other more traditional sounding rappers, uh, I guess. One more through yeah. line. I think yeah. that that particular timbre of Chance's voice that people don't like is something interesting. Is I like it for the sheer amount of Eminem that you can hear in it. Like the influence of Eminem yeah. is usually what comes through that. And I think that that's what most people are hearing that feels weird. But it's like my favorite it's, thing about Young Chance is like it's 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 Eminem in the flesh. Like he, you know that he loved those raps. You can definitely hear when someone has been really influenced by Eminem. Yes, like <laughs> I guess that is probably one of his greatest accomplishments. <laughs> is that the his sound exists in everyone else, and whether they want want it to or not, honestly. Like uh, one of my work friends suggested an album to me today. Um, the new a new album by uh, Tech Nine. I oh, don't yeah. know how oh, yeah. to say that. Yeah, that's right. Tech Nine is I've correct. never listened to that person. Oh, um, Tech Nine. But I, I listened to it today, and it's like this person has listened to more Eminem than even probably exists because <laughs> his his pacing, his rhythm, like everything that he does is exactly like what Eminem I used to say, do before Eminem decided to just rap really, really, really fast. I got news for you, Eddie. I want to say they started around the same time. Tech 9 is old, man. Well, whatever it is, if it came from the same era or it's it's the same sort of thing. Oh, no, so the influence Maybe, is maybe there. he wasn't directly influenced. Like he's 48 but, years old. Uh, let me see. That first album. <laughs> uh, yeah, his first record label, a record deal was in 99. Yeah, same year. Where's he from? Um, I think he's from the South. Nope, he's from he's from Kansas City. Kansas City. Oh wow, Kansas City. Which is why you haven't heard of him because who have you heard from Kansas City? That's well, rapping? 
Mm, <laughs> not not much. <laughs> and it's, it has nothing to say my... about Kansas City. It's just about there's nobody supporting people that rap from Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, there's. I can think of you know. I watched that, one uh... person. Um, well, I guess he doesn't really count. So never mind. <laughs> I, I bet I your friend uh, Ryan Robinson knows some underground Kansas City rappers. Oh, he definitely does. Kind of hot. He tries to put me on, and I'm always like, oh, it's Kansas City. Uh, One thing about Eminem, you know, I watched that documentary, The Defiant Ones, which was, you know, all about uh, Dre and uh, Jimmy Iovine. And, I mean, I think Dr. Dre is maybe the highest authority when it comes to hip-hop living today. I think, you know, based on everything that he's been through and all the artists that he's worked with and all the artists that he's helped bring up. And he was stuck. I mean, he did that album after him and Suge parted ways and it was a flop and it just wasn't wasn't on the level with what he wanted to do at that point in his life as an artist. And he heard Eminem and he was like, that's it. Like, he's the next one. Um, and I think a lot of people wouldn't have understood that. You know, like wouldn't have heard Eminem and gone like, oh, this is the next guy. Like, this is a guy I want to be working with. This is the next great artist in hip hop. So I don't know. I think that's kind of significant. Yeah. No, I, um, he's, he is, well, I don't really know how much authority I have on the topic, but I would probably have to put Dr. Dre in the Mount Rushmore when it comes to overall, uh, at least the music side of hip hop. Yeah. Perhaps well, not, not all of not just, all the whole encompassing, you know, yeah. thing, whatever that is. It's so massive at this point that it's, I don't even know that you yeah, can, you can call it one thing anymore. I think it was the first time that it gave a uh, credit and awareness to the craft of what is making your head bop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to the, to this day, no one, no one that I've I've heard can make a beat that is as clean and flawless as Dr. Dre. Like the Anderson Pack album Oxnard was produced by Dre, or largely executive produced by Dre, and some of the beats are by Dre. The I have, I, it's not even like I don't even need like you could take all of Anderson Pack out of the, off of that album and put some nameless person saying all the same stuff, and that album would probably still be fire. just as fire yeah. as it is to me. And mm-hmm. it's it's because he knows exactly, it's just like you said, like, he knows when to, when to, like, h- how to build up the tension and when to just slap it out of you. And I appreciate that so much. Every one of his beats, I mean, to this day, any beat you play, if, if a Dre beat starts, it's like, okay, I, you you may not have even ever heard it before, but you know it now, and you know yeah. that it's, you can tell that it's Dr. Dre. Yeah, yeah. That I know that you said that you watched it, Eddie. Um, Victor, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but the Defiant ones, that four episode yeah. uh, documentary series on HBO. Like I watched that. That's tremendous. And there's there's so many like the footage they got for it is just awesome. You know all this all this stuff about Dre in the studio and. There's all this like great stuff. There's like him like rocking out to Nirvana on the ship on uh, one of his boats, you know, like a, a yacht or whatever. 
Like there's stuff like that. There's like a beautiful shot of him and his house in Malibu. And he's got like a huge grand piano and he's playing like Beethoven. I think there's all this really cool stuff um, in that documentary. But the thing that I got out of it was, man, this guy has worked really, really hard for everything that he has, you know, and he's, he's gone through a lot. Um, I mean, his place in the realm of hip hop spans like four decades. I, I just think that's amazing. I would actually like, I don't, I, I think I'm going to say definitively, he is the highest authority living on hip hop. I think Dr. Dre. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's on the short list. I don't he's, know that you could really put a whole lot of people up above him. Yeah. In terms of overall reach. I mean, you look at it and like, if NWA had not existed, what what even would the world be like right now? <laughs> like, or if they had yeah. been squashed before it was allowed to get out and become popular? I mean, that was like, I mean, that was kind of in a sort of a sort of way like the 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 punk extension of of rap. Well, you know? yeah, like, it's it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it kind of ties to what we were talking about earlier with the way that media is changing. It's we're not going to let you pre- pre- pretend that our voices aren't real voices that aren't speaking all the time. So, yeah, I'm going to come out with this music and then it's it isn't you don't have to listen to it, but I still have a right to come out with the music because there's people that are going to totally jive with it. I'm glad you said that, Eddie, like because I often think there are big similarities between um punk rock and hip-hop oh definitely oh definitely to to me it's all about like i want to say what i'm feeling and no one else is saying it so i'm gonna say it you know like i think it's largely about that especially at the beginning i mean both have evolved so much that it's developed into a deeper form of expression but the way that it started that's how it started like no one is saying this and this is what i feel so i'm gonna say it um i think there's some beauty in that it's all it's all beauty i mean that's that's what that's what Saba's doing. That's what Kemba is doing. I mean, you're telling you're telling words that don't that couldn't necessarily come from someone else that's not you, and you're telling that's that's the most authentic thing that you can do. And if you put it in a package that is aesthetically pleasing, there you go. all the better. Yeah, yeah. This is so far off topic, but we keep talking about Saba. And then earlier, <laughs> uh, earlier, Jeremy, you were talking about. Uh, the very first line of the Kimba album, and I was, and I know that I've had this conversation with Eddie before about how I feel like the first line of an album or the first line of your lead single. I feel like most, it's like a kind of unwritten rule that you better come with your thesis at the very, very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what I mean? You better Some, state your case. So the Hip Hop by Numbers uh, Twitter account did a best intros. Yeah. Uh, poll because it's a thing uh, like a week ago it's a thing yeah mm. for sure i mean you and i like we have a very very special relationship with the first verse of every chance album yeah, exactly like they're just yeah th- he's like this is it join me <laughs> welcome <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll <be> back. <laughs> um, but like also so like uh care for me the very first line is i'm so alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's and yeah. Well, I don't. We don't need to rehash that episode. But <laughs> sirens. I, I'm such a good. I'm good really. 
I, I'm really glad you guys like this album. Um, I now want to turn gears a little bit because I feel like we haven't had an opportunity to speak about it um, in a public setting like this, but I have to talk to someone about this Childish Gambino album. Yes. 31520. Mm. We have to talk about this. Jeremy, you said that you you were listening to it. When was that? Maybe a week and a half ago? Uh, that was when you were planning on doing that? Yeah, I think it was last week. I listened to the whole thing all the way through, and I've I've listened to not the album all the way through again, but I've listened to like lots of tracks multiple times. Yeah, man. So I'm, so I'm real familiar with it. When you when you talk about affirmation, <laughs> I mean the 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 final I'm alive in in Kemba's album is oh it's so beautiful. supremely yeah. life affirming. It's the best postlude. Yeah, I I have never like I have never in my life been moved in the way that the the finale, the final act of the Childish Gambino album hit me. Like when he got through all of everything that, that he was doing in that record, and then the the war drums come in halfway through, and it kind of changes timbre, and then he's selling cocaine. And then it's like, okay, well, here's real life. I've got a kid and I got to teach this person how to be a person. Exactly. And like to know that you're going to go through stuff, but it's all good. <laughs> and that final track, like every successive verse, by the time he gets to the, to the verse where he's like, you know, you're looking in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, in the, it's, you see the devil when you're staring what at you the say? when you're staring at the devil, but you're looking in the mirror. What you're gonna in say? In the mirror, that's right, that's right. And then all the way to like, you know, when you feel alone, know you are not alone. That is the line of the decade to me. It, I just like I'm not even joking. I I I was listening to that and. <laughs> Like I'm easily moved by powerful experiences, especially if I turn my speakers up because that's just what it happens. But like, I'm not even, I, I can't exaggerate. I, I started bawling. I was, I was like completely obliterated by what he had done with that whole experience. It, it, it shook me to a core that I don't think I even knew existed within me like he he it he physically reached out to me and just like grabbed me in a way that no other art in my life that i can think of has ever done and i just i know that it, my experience is not going to be what all people experience and that's the way that it should be because we're all different but i need to share that and i really want to know what you guys think and how how that whole thing felt to you and if, if, if it even did feel as strongly or even in the same vein that it felt to me. Jeremy, go first. Uh, I, I had a, a very, very large, like positive effect on me without a doubt. Like the whole album, the level of creativity and the level of forward thinking he has with everything musically just like really spoke to me. And it's, I mean, most albums are like a collection of little art pieces and little songs. And if there's a through line, that's great. But 
yeah, this album, there clearly is like a grand overarching theme, um, you know, and it's, it's the stuff that you were just uh, speaking about, Eddie. So yeah, I mean, it, it really had like a big impact on me as well. You know, and we, you were talking about this earlier, like, you know, you have to sit with music sometimes, you know, because the true test of, of great art, I think, is like, is it affecting now? It will it be affecting in five years. Will it be affecting in twenty years, or whatever? Um, and all these Childish Gambino albums, like I, I love Awaken My Love. I love because the internet, like, but all of them are so different. Yeah, they're his voice, but they're all so different. So it will be interesting to see like which ones stay with me over time. You know, but yeah, yes. I mean, I agree with everything you said, Eddie, and I love it. I'm so gl- I have the perfect piggyback off of that. I'm glad that you said what you said, Jeremy. Um, I think. And I've expressed this even to like just my own students because they're like, why do you like Chance the Rapper so much? And I'm like, I really, really feel like there is um, something to be said for grasping on to an artist that's near your age range or at least living in your generation kind of with the same, at least close to the same lens on life as you and watching them develop and mature in their lens and then hearing it in their music. And if there's one thing that I've learned from both Chance and Childish Gambino, it's that having a child (laughs) creates such a good energy of at least the information that I put out in the world being helpful. Um in a mm. in in not even like a Sesame Street or like a bright and like shiny way in just a like hey you you're going to be so upset about something like it, it's the grief like and Jeremy I know that you've definitely felt this having taught students before where you you have a lot of pain uh resorting to the idea of well when you get older you understand <laughs> Because it, it's, oh, it's yeah. just oh yeah, it's just straight up that like you you don't know until you have to go through it, and the emotion that that creates in Gambino and the things that he's saying to his literal child <laughs> that we get to listen to is so nice. yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm totally totally with that. Yeah, I mean, just the level of creativity, you know, like I think. Time is one of my favorite tracks on this album. The the third Did track he do that, that has concert, Eddie? Uh he I don't remember. I know that see whenever he that tour was happening, he sent out two tracks, two unfinished tracks to all the people that bought tickets. And algorithm was one of them. Yeah, I remember that. But the version of algorithm, algorithm that so I got is not the same at all as what yeah, is on this album. Yeah. So I don't know. And I, I don't really remember if time was the other one or not. I, I, yeah. see, I seem to think the other one did not have a title. Yeah. But I mean, none of them, none of these have titles now, even though <laughs> there's speculation that that was a last second decision to remove all of the titles and change them to timestamps. But yeah, I love algorithm too. That song sounds so dangerous to me in the best way. <laughs> I love it. The beat, the beat on time. To me, it sounds like a really ghetto high school drum line. And there's like four people playing bass drum 
and they are hitting the drum way, way too hard. <laughs> um, and there's just like a really fat, heavy backbeat, you know? Um, that's what that, that beat reminds me of. That, that's what I hear when I listen to it. Um, maybe that's why I like it so much. And I could listen to him say peach pa- papaya over and over again because I love the way he says that. <laughs> papaya. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a, a, a query for you guys. Mm-hmm. See if maybe, maybe you can come up with an answer here because do you, are, are there any other, I mean, I, no one, there is no creative person that is, in my view, as high a level in more than even two areas of being a creative person as Donald Glover. But can you think of any other musicians that have released affecting music as like their second, like their side gig? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what he was. That's not where he started. You know, his, he gained notoriety doing acting and comedy and not music. And music has only just been able to flourish because of what he was able to do in those other venues. So do you know of any other, any other artists that have released something that has, that has had an an effect on you that didn't start with just music? Uh, Eddie Murphy through line. I'm done. Just kidding. Um, um, I honestly can't think of anyone that's. I can't do. I mean, literally, the only person that comes to my mind is Will Smith, but that doesn't even count. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's it's a different. It's not the same thing at all. I don't do not uh, not even close. I could do not music like The Rock. Clearly, is a good. (laughs) Sure, Um, Mm -hmm. but he kind of changed. I mean, he he changed gears. He wasn't doing things. Well, I guess he did go back to wrestling recently. Yeah, but I don't know. That's true. Yeah, he's done a lot. The only reason I even asked that question is because you, you were you were saying so much about the creativity in his music, and it's because he is creative. <laughs> he well, he is creative, but because he's not he's not making music. These things are not, the, at least on the surface level, they appear to be music. But I don't. I I would be shocked if if I were to stand next to him and ask him what he thought these things were if he were to just say music because th- there is so much so many other elements of different forms of of creative art i mean because the internet is a movie it's a it's a it's a a cinematic experience and honestly awaken my love and this album are very very cinematic as well i mean it just seems like maybe maybe that his experiences in those venues have um kind of helped mold yeah. how he creates his lens and scope the, the stuff in his his other stuff yeah. you know what i mean yeah, his lens is different he's approaching it the way that you're saying you know what i mean like he's approaching it as what wh- why should they even listen to this <laughs> you know it's like a movie like why why yeah. would you watch what's the movie about what's the what is this really about um and how can I really make them connect with it? Because it's got to be more than just hearing something cool. I'm feeling okay. Like <laughs> it's, I want to create an experience for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll see what Dave bird does. 
I mean, he appears to be heading in a pretty special direction. It's true. You know, I mean, he's he's writing and he's he's creating and he's developed this whole world. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Dave Bird does a stand-up special for Netflix or whatever at some point, you know. Um and his his new album, I mean, I'm sure it's just going to be phenomenal. Like I he he's pretty vocal about like oh yeah, like I knew I knew that was going to blow up. I knew this was going to be a, an album, an album that everyone loves. And he, he says that about all the stuff he's been a part of, which, which kind of gives him a different, different level of artistry. I think when he's creating stuff and he already knows that everyone's going to love it, you know, cause I mean, a lot of, a lot of artists aren't like that. Well, you need <laughs> it. He is, he, he, he is the white Kanye West after all. <laughs> I love it. Oh gosh. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see where what he does because honestly, I think you're he's, right. He's heading in that direction. No, you. I mean, I feel disrespectful for having not even had him in my mind. But you're exactly well, right. I mean, the way I mean, Gambino's been doing it much longer, though. You know, like yeah, years and years. The way that the way that Dave is hitting me as as just I as I mentioned earlier is very very similar to the way that Atlanta hit me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and while I professional rapper is an amazing album the fact that it came first like almost kind of pigeonholed who he was in my mind which is kind of his whole point of what he's trying to to tell with dave is that that's not who just who i am like i'm a whole thing yeah and Mm -hmm. (laughs) um because it came in that order so like i wonder i wonder like if (laughs) donald glover had released camp or like because the internet before he was ever on community would like what would have what the world what would the world have thought of it you know these are unanswerable questions of course but yeah that's that's a really good point um you know donald glover's a good actor yeah i think dave bird's a good actor too honestly i I I think he's i think he's really good i mean it's it's not as easy as some people think like a lot of people think oh he's just playing himself it's not easy trust me I speak from experience. It's not easy at all. Yeah. You need a show called Par. No. Yeah, I could do that. Called Parte. Part, yeah, Parte. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely be one of the one of the many puns in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we going to get to play Julie? Because I know she won't want to do it. Um. Ooh. <laughs> My choice would be uh. Lizzie Olson. Okay. Elizabeth Olson. Okay. I, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of her. She I think she's got the chops to be a good Julie Parr. <laughs> I was gonna say oh, like Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but then I also uh thought she would probably want too much control. <laughs> she does a lot of producing now. Uh. She'd probably be like, nah, I think we should do this instead. And I'd be like, no, it's my show. We're not doing that. I, I think I know your life better than you. Let's do it. <laughs> oh man just playing me is the most important part i mean i would do it yeah <laughs> donald glover uh, we're gonna get the best i think it should be t-pain <laughs> just uh i like that idea yeah. too. i just want um i just want um mm, or taco taco could be me And Dave, I guess he's his real name is like the 
name. I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a real name of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> I, why am I blanking on this guy's name? Are you trying to think about the actor that's going to play you in my show? Yeah. Um, is it Tom Segura? Jonah Hill. Oh, oh Jonah my goodness. Hill. Why Jonah couldn't Hill. I not think Jonah of that? Jonah Hill. You know, I, I bet you Tom Segura could do Tom, a pretty Tom, good Eddie Streck. He's a little... Well, I don't know. <laughs> and he, this could be we're, his... We're, like, we're getting into territory that's a little weird for me here. <laughs> he, Let's psychoanalyze he could Eddie. Break it. We can figure out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. We, we talked about some things on this podcast I did not expect to talk about. <laughs> You know what we did not talk about at all <laughs> so on this podcast? Next, the next one. Basketball? We could do it the next one. The, the Oklahoma City the, Thunder? The, the point of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the world's flipped upside down right now anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You, if, I know that, I, I think you said you watched it, Victor, but you, you have to watch. Uh, Travis Bennett. You have to watch The Last Dance. It's Taco's name. <laughs> Travis oh, Bennett. It, yeah. That's his name? Yeah. Cool. Which is interesting that's because good that him. last name is Chance is the rapper's best. Yep. <laughs> and he has a brother named Taylor Bennett. Yeah. That's hmm. interesting. So I am older than Taco. We're all older than him. He was born May 16th, 1994. Anyway. What? We got the same birthday. That's my birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. You and you and Taco have the same birthday. <laughs> wow. That's fun. I to graduated know. high school on that day in 2008. There you go. So that's something. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. No, no I, ca- I caught up on the last dance. You have to watch it, Jeremy. Yeah, I will. I it will for sure. I, honestly, I was kind of viewing. waiting. I was waiting because I, I definitely think I'd benefit a lot from watching all the episodes back to back. Because, I mean, how many episodes is there going to be? Ten. It's going to be, it'll probably be, a, that if you're going to do that, it would be a get up in the morning and do it all day long sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which... Yeah, no, once it's available like that, I will consume it in that way. But I, I, I was upset initially whenever they announced they were only going to release it weekly. But it is so phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenally. Is that the Yeah, phenomenally is right. Phenomenally, yeah. Phen- phenomenally? Phenomenally. Right. You said it right the first time. Phenomenally. Ph- you said that. Phenomenally. Yeah. Hmm. One of those weird moments right there. <laughs> um, it's just tremendous. It's, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen already. I mean wow. everything that everything that ESPN and that that crew like the OJ documentary was amazing. Um, this is this is gonna win awards. Like it's, hmm. I mean, part of it is the subject matter because it is larger than life. I mean, Michael Jordan is one of those people that is so. I mean, he's on the very short list of people that are probably the most well known people on the whole planet and possibly yeah. of all time. Um, he's transcendent. But, yeah, yeah, no, but, but because of that, like that, that may have an effect on why it feels so powerful to me. But I mean, from the moment it starts, it's just tremendously well done. I really, I want, I hope you will watch it before it's all over. Um, yeah, yeah. I got one bump before we're done. It. Our buddy Andrew Slack at Down to Dunk said that he had a conference call with Chris Paul. He's going to post it at the end of their fry pod on Friday. Nice. Yay. So I'm going to listen to that. I'm really, I'm not looking forward to 
potentially having already seen the last of Chris Paul in a Thunder uniform. That would be that would be sad. Yeah, going to be tough, tough to yeah. deal with. We have we have other things that we need to solve first with the world of the NBA before we cross that bridge. I think, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, who we'll knows, see. man? It's all a big mystery. Let's celebrate the mystery, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, guys? I'm going to listen to some slap me in the face music. T-Pain. <laughs> Chop, slap school, me in the face school. Music. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to listen to some Devin, to Devin the Dude. <laughs> Drink some Corona. <laughs> Well, I have uh, greatly enjoyed this discussion, fellas. And on that note, thanks so much for listening to Thunder Moneyball Podcast. If you haven't followed us on social media, please do so. Twitter and Instagram at podcast underscore thunder. Just stick with it, guys. We're making it through together. Don't stop washing your hands. Bye. Goodbye. Through lines. Goodbye. Thunder.